0: Well, greetings and welcome to our continuing weekly meditation series. I'm Todd, the editor here at Fresh Text. If you're joining us for the first time for this week's meditation, we want to remind you that this weekly series is typically available at patreon.com forward slash fresh text. However, for this season of Lent, we're making the meditations available to all listeners here in the general Fresh Text feed. Today's meditation comes from the book of Mark, chapter 2, verses 23 through 28, and is entitled, The Sabbath Was Made for the Land. For a weekly meditation this week, we will be taking a passage from the Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 2, verses 23 through 28. Mark, chapter 2, 23 through 28. We'll be following our usual Lectio Divina format, uh, including some comments and thoughts from me during the meditation step, the second main step. And so I will be reading the text multiple times during the process of meditation today. So if you just want to listen, that's just great. But if you prefer to have it out in front of you, that's okay too. Uh, So you can turn to Mark 2 verses 23 through 28 if you like. So the first step of meditation on scripture is simply to have a moment of silence, to become centered and quiet to be listening to the sounds around us. We'll leave a little moment of silence here on the recording. And during all our silent moments, if you'd like to pause and set a timer for something a little longer, that would be just fine. But we'll leave a little bit of silence for you uh, just to pause and collect your spirit and ready yourself for the hearing of the word of God. Now for our first reading through the passage, this is Lectio to read and hear the word of God. This is Mark chapter two, beginning of verse 23. So one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain and the Pharisees were saying to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how they entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and they ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any, but the priests to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Let's take a silent moment just to reflect on that and notice the events and the words to picture the scene in our mind. And now let's hear the text read a second time for the second step of Lectio Divina, which is meditatio, to meditate, to ruminate, to chew on the word of God. I'll offer some of my own thoughts and ruminations and hoping that they will guide you in your own experience of the text. So here's a second time reading it, preparing us for some time of meditation. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. the priests to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. The Sabbath was made for the land. (laughs) The Sabbath was made for the land. That's the simple, strange idea I want us to consider today. The Sabbath was made for the land. Now, of course, that sounds strange. It's not what Jesus is saying here, but uh, there's a reason Uh, why I'm making this little twist, and it comes from a reflection on the history of this terminology. The Sabbath being made for man, very old-fashioned way of speaking, the human, you could say here, um, human beings, although since it's followed with this famous reference to the Son of Man, which is almost a title for Jesus, the rhyming of the words sort of matters, the matching of the words, hence the the more uh, arcane way of speaking. And this reference to the human or the man and the son of man and all this does have resonance back to a reference to Adam, the first human being. And though this text is written in Greek, the saying that is behind it would have come from a Aramaic speaker, which is a later form of Hebrew and in which the Old Testament is written. And the Bible speaks there in the opening chapters of Genesis of the Adam, the human being, the man, ha-adam, ha-the-adam or Adam as it's often pronounced in English. Ha-adam, ha-adam. And what's strange is that this word appears also throughout that same story in a slightly different form, adama, adama, with the H on the end instead of the beginning, adama. And this is the word for ground or dirt or land. <laughs> so when God created the heavens and the earth, he brought out from the land, the, from the earth, from the dry land, from the ground, from the dirt, he brought the man, the Adam, the human being. And so there's this close connection between land and human, between ground and Adam, between dirt and man, established right there from the opening chapters of Genesis. We actually have a similar connection in our English, though it's not always in mind. The word human sharing a apparent root word with the word for hummus or ground, dirt, an old-fashioned term, both of which then are linked to the word humility, to be brought low down to the ground. So even in English, with its Latin roots, uh, you see some subtle connection between humanity and the land. But this is often forgotten for us. This is especially easy to forget in our modern times when so many of us no longer work the land. We eat the fruit of the land, but we don't work it. We don't till it. Some of you may do. Thanks be to God for you. But most of us, because of the sheer nature of modern economies, most of us in North America, at least where I live and where many of our listeners are, work either in service, in industry, or in so-called knowledge work, all of which takes its toll on the body, and much of which takes its toll on the mind, but none of which links us to the land, the way really farming and uh, hunting and gathering what would have been what all and the vast majority of people would have spent their days working for most of human history— But for many of us in the modern world and most of us in North America and uh, and in cities around the world, most of us are not in touch with the land in the same way as we were for most of our human history and as we were made from and apparently made for. And I bring this up just to explain a bit what it means to be a human being, and therefore what it means for the Sabbath to be made for us. For those of us who spend our weeks in service and knowledge work, to spend our, quote, day off, our Sabbath, our seventh day, whenever that might be, it may not fall on the seventh day, Saturday may fall on another day, but whenever that seventh day is, if we spend our week serving and or (laughs) thinking, the last thing we need to be doing is serving or thinking on the Sabbath. For those of us who do not have that close connection with the land, it seems to me more and more, that reestablishing that connection with the land is exactly what we need on the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for the land. It was made for the human, but the human comes from the land and is connected to the land and dependent upon the land for our food and sustenance and existence, even as we lose touch with the land. Now, this doesn't have to be that mystical and Particularly, you know, uh, some kind of hippie love of the land, although I, I am susceptible of that sort of thing. But you don't have to have a sentimental or mystical attachment to the land to recognize that an awareness of our embodied life and our connection to the ground, to the earth, to the, the, the reality, the earthy realities around us is often exactly what we need. So I want to offer a strange little challenge, uh, a way of living this out in our modern times, that perhaps the best thing that you could do on a Saturday or a Sunday on a day of worship or a day of rest is to take a long walk in the woods (laughs) or at the very least to play some soccer or some frisbee out on a field, anything that will connect you back through your body to the land from which we come and on which we depend. Any kind of contact with the land, even if it's uh, something laborious, strangely enough, ancient peoples to take a break from working the land would be the great gift of the Sabbath. But for so many of us, to work with our hands, to work in the dirt, would itself be a great act of Sabbath rest. When I was uh, growing up, my grandmother lived with us and my uh, father would often spend his Saturdays and Sundays as well, afternoon, digging ditches and working the land, doing uh, physical labor. And And sometimes my grandmother would would challenge him and question the the appropriateness of working on the Lord's Day is how she'd put it. And, and I remember... You know, my father so clearly articulating that for him as a man who wears a suit and goes to an office all week, nothing is more restful than for him to work the land. And strangely, this might be a a picture of what we see here, these disciples who were not farmers, farmers needing to give a day off for, for their workers, but these were poor men who had lost their livelihood as fishermen and, and tax collectors and were plucking the heads of grain as the poor were permitted to do on the edges of the field. Here the disciples are, for very different reasons perhaps than many of us, but nevertheless in touch with the land, enjoying the fruit of the land, in contact with the ground, with the ha-adam that they are, and with the Adama from which they receive sustenance. So the Sabbath was made for the land. May your next Sabbath and many Sabbaths to come be a time when your own humanity makes contact again with its roots in the land. The Sabbath was made for the land. I invite you now just to prayerfully respond to God what in these meditations of ours stirs a response in you, a commitment you'd like to make, a question you'd like to ask the Lord. Just spend a little time in oratio, the third step of Lectio Divina, Again, during the silence, if you wish to pause it and set a timer for yourself, that would be just fine. So let's spend a little time prayerfully responding to the Word of God, read, exposited by me, but meditated upon by us all. Now we'll hear the text a third and final time, after which we will move into the final step of Lectio Divina, which is contemplatio, just a time of silence and an interior silence, no agenda, just abiding in the presence of God. So here's a third and final time hearing the text. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. but the priests to eat and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so the son of the man is the Lord, even of the Sabbath. Rest now in the silence for the time we give or a longer time. If you wish to pause And at the end of that silence, we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. And now let us pray as our Lord Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father,